This is the daily podcast brought to you by the Gateway to Heaven. I want to let you know that I'm very happy that you have taken the time to join us today. Thank you for your comments and words of encouragement. Stay tuned as we bring you today's episode taken from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53 and verse 5, which says, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Let's say that again. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. In the previous episode, we spoke of a guilty verdict and the exchange of sin for righteousness. In today's episode, we will be talking about the sentence. As you know, in every trial, there is a verdict, and then comes the sentencing. This is when the victim or the victims get the opportunity to hear what form of punishment the perpetrator would receive. Jesus was wrongfully charged with a crime and was sentenced to death by way of crucifixion on a Roman cross. Now if Jesus was a Roman citizen, he would have been beheaded, which is less painful than crucifixion. But because he was a Jew, he received the greater punishment, crucifixion. In today's scripture, we recognize the four things that Jesus suffered as a result of his conviction. He was wounded, he was bruised, he was chastised, he received stripes, 39 stripes. But before I elaborate on these, I want you to know that Jesus was innocent of all the charges that were laid on him. And I have a witness to prove it. As we read Isaiah 53 and 5, it is plain to see that Jesus was being punished for the sins of others. But in the eyes of the victims, namely you and me and the rest of the world, it would seem that God was dealing with him for the wrong that they perceived he had done. If you can recall, he broke the Sabbath on many occasions. In John chapter 5, he healed a lame man at the pool of Bethesda on the Sabbath. John 5.16 says, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him, because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. In John chapter 8, he called the Pharisees sons of the devil. He also said in verse 58, Before Abraham was, I am. And for that they thought he was blaspheming, making himself equal to God, using the term, I am. They tried to kill him right there and then, but he hid himself from them. In John chapter 9, he healed a man who was born blind on the Sabbath day. John 9, 14 and 16 says, Now it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Therefore some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. 
In Mark chapter 2, he healed a paralyzed man and forgave his sins. There's more trouble here. Mark 2 verses 3 to 6 says, Then they came to him, Jesus, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when Jesus saw their fate, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And so these are just a few of the charges that they brought against him, but he defended himself without a rebuttal. After all, he was sent by God to set the captives free, to heal the sick and to preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the poor. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Here is the situation. Satan, also known as the devil, tempted Adam and caused him to sin. As a matter of fact, he first tempted Eve and he got through to her. He caused her to sin. He caused her to, to eat that forbidden fruit and she gave it to Adam. So they both had sinned. As a result, every human being became victims of circumstance and enemies of God. There was no more peace between God and man. Jesus was not the perpetrator of this act. Satan was. But according to Isaiah 53 and 4, it says that he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. We felt that God was punishing him. Jesus was innocent. But there are many people today who believe he was just another man guilty of insurrection. My dear friends, I have two credible witnesses I'd like to present to you, namely Pontius Pilate, who actually handed Jesus over to be crucified in order to retain his high position in the Roman Empire. These were his words in John 19 verses 4 and 6. And he said this to the congregation, I bring him forth to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. In verse 6 he said, Take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. And he said that because he was challenged. If he didn't crucify Jesus, then he's not a friend of Caesar. And he made a choice. He crucified Jesus, even though he found no fault in him. My next witness is the thief on the cross. He stood up for Jesus and these were his words. Luke 23 verses 39 to, 40, to 41 the Bible says, one of the men who was guilty of death, who was on a cross beside Jesus, spoke bad words to him. He said, if you are the Christ, save yourself on us. But the other man on, on a cross spoke sharp words to the one who made fun of Jesus. He said, Are you not afraid of God 
you are also guilty and will be punished. We are suffering and we should because of the wrong we have done. But this man, this man has done nothing wrong. So I close my case when it comes to Jesus and his innocence. But the trial was over and the sentence was pronounced. And these are the four things that Isaiah spoke about in Isaiah 53 and 5. He said that he was wounded, he was bruised, he was chastised, he received 39 stripes. My friend, let me tell you this. There's the Ten Commandments. They're very serious commandments. You break one, you break all of them. And God gave these Ten Commandments that man may know he needed a Savior to be seen righteous in the eyes of God. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. And that is for the breaking of the law. And he was bruised for our iniquities. And that is for the, for the wrong that we have done. Again it says that, that the chastisement of our peace was upon him. My friend listen. Every person that would be born after Adam would be affected. And the intimacy between God and man was severed. You see, DD1, the reason for that is devil, deception, first sin that man has ever committed. And that's why I call it DD1. If you go on Google, you will not find this. That's my interpretation. It may come up later on. And like I said, the intimacy between God and man was severed. Man became afraid. In Genesis 3.10, God came looking for Adam and he said, Where are you? Adam said, You know, I heard your voice, but I was naked and I was afraid, so I hid myself. Right there. That's what sin will do. Sin will make you as if you were naked and you would be ashamed. And you would want to hide yourself, particularly from God. But my friend, when you sin, that's not the time to hide from God. That's the time to come before God in your knees and do as it says in 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Don't hide from God. You need Him. So there was no peace, no more peace. Not with God, not with man. The human mind had become corrupt. Like it says in the Bible, who can know it? The human heart, deceitful above all things. And it's all because of that sin. Genesis 4, it says, Now Cain talked with Abel his brother. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. Can you see what sin has done already? The moment sin entered, all of these horrible things come upon man and even upon the earth as well. Sin was on the rise. God was getting very angry, but God is patient. God had become man's enemy. There was no more peace. Romans 8, 7 says, The sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws. And it never will. James 4, 4 says, and it's a question, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? 
I say it again. If you want to make yourself a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. So let's make this clear that the restoration of our peace with God could only come about by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus hung on that cross and he shouted, It is finished, Tetanastai, it shook the gates of hell. It shook the gates of hell, my friend. I can hear the angel saying, it is finished. The battle is over. And Jesus is Lord. Colossians 2, 13-15 says, When you were dead in your sins, you were not set free from the sinful things of the world. But God forgave your sins and gave you new life through Christ. We had broken the law many times. Those sins were held against us by the law. That law had writings which said we were sinners. But now he has destroyed that writing by nailing it to the cross. God took away the power of the leaders of this world and the powers of darkness. He showed them to the world. The battle was won over them through Christ. We now have peace with God through Jesus Christ. By his stripes we are healed. Many Christians believe that this verse was primarily intended to bring about healing of the body. But when we examine the text in its context, it is plain to see it is referring to spiritual healing. Jesus did not have to die for our physical healing. He did it when he was alive. But surely he had to die to restore our peace with God and pay the penalty for our sins. He took our griefs, our sorrow, our transgressions, our iniquities, and He restored our peace with God. We are now made whole. We are healed from that devastating effect of sin upon our lives. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. But verse 25 helps us to understand that what Jesus suffered from the prison and from the judgment to the cross was to unite us with our Father, God Almighty. But don't get me wrong. There is no reason to disbelieve that through his suffering where we are able to uh, um, obtain healing in our bodies. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. This is God, and this happens by faith. After all, the Apostle Paul, he used napkins to heal people and to cast out devils. Acts 19, 11 and 12. But verse 25 says, For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. The battle is over. The victory is ours through Jesus Christ. We are at peace with God again. So let us be at peace with each other. That's what Jesus would want. In John 13, 34, he gave us a new commandment. He says, love one another as I have loved you. And we ought to do that. 
So, I hope you enjoyed this short message, and feel free to let us know. When we know that you love the message, and it's doing something for you, it encourages us, and we study even more to bring you even more exciting messages from the Word of God. So, till the next time, this is Anthony saying, The war is over. There's peace in the valley for you and for me. Amen.